If you think RV manufacturers had a big year in 2020, it was nothing compared to RV rental marketplaces. On this episode, CEO Jeff Cavins of Outdoorsy tells us about their big year in 2020 and why 2021 might even be bigger. There are people making millions of dollars. Seriously. We are in the wrong business. Listing their RVs. This is RV Miles. RV Miles is brought to you by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation. L.L. Bean and NPF share a belief that every community should have the opportunity and resources to experience the joy of the outdoors together. Through this partnership, they're not only helping people find their parks, they're helping protect, restore, and improve parks across the U.S. If it's outside, L.L. Bean is all in. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. Episode 182 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, moonshine, our national parks, <laughs> and a whole lot more. <laughs> we'll get to the moonshine later on, but just so you, you know. Might, I'm going to get to it right now. You hear some ice tinkling. <laughs> That's what we're up to. It's Friday. It's Friday <laughs> here in Round RV Miles. Uh, big show today. I'm excited about this one. We've got a great interview later on from Jeff Cavan, CEO of Outdoorsy. It's a really great story of, of how they turned something, they saw something that was there right in front of us that nobody really realized. And uh, I, I'm really happy to be able to talk to somebody who's an RVer bringing something special to the RV industry like this. So that's coming up a little bit later on in the show, but wanted to start off with talking about where we are, as we often do. We are here back at Canyon Lake, which is uh, kind of halfway between San Antonio and Austin, sort of, but not really convenient enough to visit either one <laughs> very much. No, not at all. And Texas is really making sure that we get all of the seasons while we're in the state. So last week we were enjoying the beach in Corpus Christi and we had what felt like early summertime weather. You know, uh, prior to that when we were in Waco, we got snow. We get here. Yesterday it was 85 degrees and beautiful. Today we'll be lucky if it hits 60. So I can't figure out what's going on. Every day I wake up and I'm like, it might be a shorts day. It might be a sweater day. We'll see how it goes. So right now, Texas is making sure that we do not miss a single season. And my laundry is really reflecting that. Here's a question from the Facebook group to kick us off today. Love that group. I'm a first-time tow driver towing an RV with a 16-foot trailer, formerly a motorhome driver. I'm wondering how fast is a safe driving speed? They're in California, and they say the signs say with trailer, you're supposed to go 55 miles an hour. And that's true. That's a state law in California. But realistically, if you are, let's say, driving across Nevada where cars are zooming along at 90 miles an hour, what's the safe towing speed range? Did you see my response? I did. I think I tagged you. <laughs> I so, did. Yes. Uh, so we, 
<laughs> Abby thinks I drive <laughs> way too fast, which is hilarious because when we don't have the trailer, she thinks I drive way too slow. <laughs> um, well, there's a difference between just driving the vehicle and then driving the vehicle <laughs> with 38 feet of something, your entire home attached to the back of it. It's a totally different ride. I generally max this out at 65 miles an hour wherever we are. It doesn't matter if the speed limit is 80 or the speed limit is is 70. I'm and then he maxes us out at about 55 oh, when on. the truck. <laughs> so that was that was my response. Jason might like to go more than 65, but we don't go. I don't more like, than 65. I don't like to go more than 65. And you know, a, a lot there are some people that make this argument that it's actually more dangerous to drive slower. Uh, I don't buy into that. Um, I know. I think it's more dangerous to be driving eighty or ninety miles an hour. Well, frankly. there's there is an argument to be made about the fact that you're when everybody's traveling the same speed, mm-hmm. that's the safest. But Absolutely, that's never but... going to happen. And there are a heck of a lot of truck drivers out there that have their trucks, uh, their corporate trucks, governed at sixty-five miles an okay, hour. Okay, that was about what I was going to say. Do you yeah. want to see a semi? No. Going 80, 90 miles an hour. I mean, I've on the seen highway. it. I've yes, seen it we quite have. Often, but... You know, our school bus was governed. <laughs> yes, our school bus was 63. 63. <laughs> was our max. And it, the RPMs <laughs> were also governed. So when we'd go up a hill, oh my it wouldn't get above 3,200 RPMs and we'd be down to like 24 miles an hour. <laughs> I love the bumper stickers that say, and most of the time you do see them on schoolies. On the back of the schoolie, it'll say, go around me. I'm maxed. And it's so true. We would often just kind of have to put those flashers on and just say, hey, folks, we're going to hit about 35 top speed. (laughs) Just go around. Another consideration is the speed rating on your tires. The Mm -hmm. tires all have a speed rating and uh, trailer tires are generally lower rated than your your truck that you're towing with so uh, some of them get as low as 65 miles an hour as the top speed rating on the tire most rvs are going to come with tires that are rated for 75 to 80 not that that you want to go that fast but do you want to get close to the end the the high end of your speed range probably not you know, and if you and your traveling partner are in a disagreement about this, I just recommend getting a Garmin GPS so that it can be <laughs> mounted right there. The screen can be mounted in between the two of you. And then that way you can always say you're going faster She's, than 65. It, the Garmin shows because, how fast we're going, yes. but it also shows what mm-hmm. the speed limit is mm-hmm. in, in the area that you're in. And mm-hmm. Abby can always look over and see how fast <laughs> I'm going. Because often I will say, I think we should slow down. And then you'll go. We don't need to slow down. I'm not going faster than 65. Then I look at the Garmin, and you're going 68. Well, and it says Garmin says you're going 68. I'm going downhill. <laughs> it's t- t- different. Garmin has I, been you, so good uh, for our marriage. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, we travel at 65 max generally, and in, in, in California, we do stick it to 55. It, mm-hmm. it, the, you don't gain a whole lot of time by going faster. You really don't. Well, you're going to get there 10 minutes faster. Right. Like, on a three-hour drive. Yeah, um, it's not worth it. And you gain fuel mileage driving a little bit slower. So that's always a benefit as well. If you want to find more answers to great questions, head on over to the RV Miles Facebook group. A lot of great people there who have uh, a lot more insight on this stuff than us. Smarter than us, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I wanted to give you all an update on Starlink Internet. It's been 
something that a lot of RVers have been watching very, very closely because everyone is very excited about the prospects of Internet coming from the sky very fast <laughs> and mobile without having to deal with cell towers and, and you know being able to get it wherever in the middle of nowhere. It's going to be really big when it's done. It's in beta testing. It's I mean, going to be a minute. People are getting it. You, so yeah. you can go on YouTube and you can watch people reviewing their experience with it. Right now, it is something for people who live way up north that live uh, on rural properties. That's the best use case for it right now. It is not mobile yet. It is locked to your location. I, I watched a video recently from uh, our friends over at the Mobile Internet Resource Center where they go into a lot more detail in this. And they're mentioning that uh, Starlink opened up a lot more addresses in the beta testing and we were one of them because mm -hmm. our business is based out of Sheridan, Wyoming. But a lot of RVers that are full time have South Dakota as their home base where they have their domicile address at one of the mail forwarding services in South Dakota. So a lot of them signed up for beta testing and are getting mm. offers to join. Um, don't go out and buy it because no. it's not going to work for you. It will only work at the address that you signed up for it at. It will, and people, you can confirm this by other people that have it on, on YouTube, that they'll drive sometimes just a few miles away from their I home address. I think 50 miles and, stop. and they lose it. And the other big issue is that the, the antenna requires a very, very, very wide angle view, over a hundred degree angle view for the antenna, way more than like a satellite uh, TV signal. Right. And that will get better and better as time rolls on. And there's more satellites up in the air. But for right now, if you're in a campground with trees, it would absolutely be useless. So it, it's it's coming along. They're going to be rolling out more and more satellites. And eventually we assume that they'll be rolling out a mobile version. Now, will we have to pay more for that mobile version? Will we have to use a different antenna for that mobile version? We don't, we have no idea. I say yes. But, because that's uh, generally how it goes. <laughs> exactly. So we'll see what happens, but it, it's not there yet. It's coming. It's it's going to be a while still. And we will link to the video that we referenced in the show notes. You can just go over to rvmiles.com slash 182, and then you can watch the video for yourself because it's actually a really great video, a lot of good information. They really do a good job over there. For a while, we've been talking about having an Ask of the Week. One thing that we uh, mentioned to you all that you can do for free that helps us out a little bit. We don't like to ask for money from you, but anything uh, that you can do for free to help us out is, is much appreciated. So we like to throw things out there because people ask, what can they do for us? So uh, we have come up with something new. We have finally created an Amazon store. Yeah. It only took us three and a half years. <laughs> so in the past, we've had this Amazon <laughs> link that you could go to. And then when you bought something on Amazon, whatever it was, you don't pay any more than you normally do, but we would get a little kickback. Now we have a store, which is sort of recommendations of the products that we we use and like and uh, that are well-reviewed and stuff. That So you can really search for good products that might be useful for you RVing there. But then you can also click through to other Amazon stuff and anything that you buy once you've clicked through that link gives us a little kickback and it's much appreciated. Yeah, so I'm combing through three and a half, four years of content, everything that we've talked about or recommended, and I'm trying to put those into appropriate categories, easy to find categories in the shop, including something I get asked about all the time, 
do I have a list of all the books that I have recommended? And I have never put a list together. I've always said I was going to, but I haven't. I have now finally put one together in this store. So if you're looking for a new good read, this would be a great place to go. Maybe find something you like. We also have a section for all of the kid gear that we've talked about over the year. I'm slowly going through and plugging that stuff in. There's a list for if you're a new RVer, here's some suggestions for things you might want to pick up. So we're just, we're trying to create something that has a little bit for everybody, but that also really takes everything that we've been fortunate enough to talk about, review, or use ourselves over the last three and a half years and put it somewhere that makes sense. So hopefully you'll go check it out. All you have to do is go to amazon.com slash shop slash RV miles and everything is right there. And of course, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but I think we'll also put a link to it on the homepage of the website so that you can just go right there. Easy enough. Okay, we're going to be right back with uh, the answer to last week's brain teaser and our interview with Outdoorsy CEO Jeff Cavins. Be right back. Outdoor enthusiasts of all stripes will enjoy Pelican gear on their adventures. Hard-sided Pelican Elite coolers are all made in America and are available in a wide number of sizes. Get a 20-quart for short day trips, a 50-quart for week-long adventures, or a wheeled 45-quart to keep the fun rolling along. Pelican backs all their hard-sided coolers with a lifetime warranty, too. RV Miles listeners can get a free day venture tumbler when they visit EliteCooler.com slash RVMiles and spend over $100. FMCA is the world's largest nonprofit RV club. FMCA hosts two international conventions every year, and this spring's convention is nicknamed Another Day in Paradise, March 10th through 13th in Perry, Georgia. Perry will be FMCA's 102nd convention. You can camp on the grounds for the entire event or experience the fun for a single day. Everyone is welcome, and you do not need to be an FMCA member or even an RV owner to attend. Find products and services you need for RVing, tour the latest RVs, soak up RVing knowledge at more than 100 educational seminars, and enjoy daytime and evening entertainment, including big-name music like Josh Turner. FMCA events are also great for networking and meeting other RVers. FMCA membership is $85 for your first year or $75 upon renewal. With code RVMILES21, you can save $10 instantly and join for just $75 for your first year. To sign up for the Perry Convention or view a full list of benefits, visit fmca.com or call them at 800-543-3622. And make sure you use the code RVMILES21 to save $10 off membership. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. You remember this one? Um, look, I'm going to be over here drinking some moonshine. <laughs> Aliens miniaturize you and place you on a fresh Cheerio floating in milk. You are a few millimeters away from another Cheerio. They give you the option of taking them up on a challenge. They'll give you $1 million if your Cheerio does not touch the other Cheerio. Otherwise, they will cut off your hand. Do you accept the challenge? And the answer is no, you do not want to take the risk because milk rises between two nearby Cheerios via capillary action oh and gosh. causes them to attract to each other. And if you've ever put Cheerios in a bowl... You'll see that they will they will actually attract to each other and stick to each other and touch. So you do not want to accept the million dollar alien challenge after I, being miniaturized into the milk bowl. I of think cereal. whoever wrote this 
I had had about five too many drinks before they came up with it because this thing is redonkadonk. I can't wait to see what Jason came up with at the end of the show because he's got this week's brain teaser too. All right. Well, Jeff Cavins is the CEO and co-founder of Outdoorsy, the peer-to-peer RV rental service with nearly 1 million users in 14 countries, mobilizing the 20-plus million idle RVs and camper vans around the world, ensuring everyone has access, choice, and opportunity to safely enjoy outdoor recreational vehicle travel. And they're empowering RV owners to realize life-changing financial benefits. I sat down with Jeff earlier this week to talk about the massive boom and where he thinks the business is headed and how some listers have earned in the millions. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. There's been a lot of hay made over the last year about the explosion, the boom in the RV industry. RVs sold pretty well last year, but they were limited by inventory issues. So it actually didn't, actually wasn't an incredible year. It was a good year for RV sales. But one thing that did explode for sure was RV rentals. People were renting RVs like crazy last year. What kind of growth did Outdoorsy do? between 2019 and 2020? Um, between 2019 and 2020, the company had grown 400%. So that's year on year. And, um, you know, that's fast for, for any company. And um, with, the, with the onset of the COVID lockdown, we saw an enormous decline in bookings, of course, because people were locked down. But then shortly after COVID, from really the we call it kind of the lowest booking day of the pandemic, which is, I think it was April 1st, is how we're measuring that, to mid-May, last week of May, we had a 1,500% surge in the platform. And then from that period, April to October, our growth was 4,600%. So the year before, 400%. And then this period of April 2020 to October 2020, 4,600%. That's incredible. What is it like to grow a company that quickly? What what kind of what how how do how was it going be, when, on those low days before things took off? What in with that with that rundown in rentals when nobody knew what to do? How how was the company doing? How are you feeling about it? And and what kind of changes did you make between? Then and now, the the company had been growing fast over the last five years, like two hundred and thirty two percent cumulative annual growth rate, which is fast for a company that is not purely a digital delivery business. So, if we were running, say, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, where your your product is digital currency or digital items, you can grow at those rates. And you know, we've all seen the growth rates of companies like Twitter and others. <clears throat> but our business has a lot of physicality to it. I mean, there are people that meet. That there's a physical key exchange. There's a training, there's a walkthrough. So to grow at those at those rates takes a little bit, uh, takes a lot more um, customer support and customer service. But um, I've been in tech my whole life. This is my seventh tech company, and I have run tech companies out of Silicon Valley that were selling you know digital products. And so I've seen this kind of growth before. But with this type of growth, there's more of a human element. But there's a lot more uh, intervention into the process between how people work together. And I mean, during COVID, there was a lot of fear around um, transmission of the disease to someone else. So we concepted of this thing called the digital key exchange, because our insurance companies require the physical handoff of the key from the owner 
to the renter. Um, that needs to be done physically along with a walkthrough and an overview of the vehicle. But um, during COVID, we came out with a couple of things. One was the CDC cleaning guidelines, which we gave the owners. Um, we said, you must adhere to these cleaning guidelines to disinfect your vehicles. We don't allow a rental that happens within 24 hours of a drop-off from the prior rental because we need, you know, you need time to disinfect and decontaminate the unit. And then we came up with this thing called the digital key chain. So our software knows when the key has been picked up by the renter, it doesn't have to be physically handed to the renter from the owner. Um, and that helped a lot of people, I think, feel much more comfortable with uh, with the transaction. And of course, as you said, while RV sales are um, significantly faster uh, in terms of growth than they were over the last couple of years, um, the, the, the excitement and the appetite for rental it's just soared. And I, I think it's primarily a function of our, our economy and, and the, the customer on Outdoorsy is, is we skew very millennial. Um, the majority of our customers are, are actually millennial. But 93% of our customers in the, this year were first timers. And of those, our millennial business spiked 70%, 70, 70% from 2019 to 2020. And they make up about 35% of all of our first timers on the platform. Um, about half of the customers on the platform are millennial or under the age of 40, which is squarely millennial. Um, but we, I think it's, you know, this group of people, they built Uber and they built Airbnb and they built sharing economy platforms like DoorDash and Postmates and Grubhub and so on. It's that same audience now that's so primed around on-demand services that, um, that are now building Outdoorsy. Let's step back. How did Outdoorsy begin? Where, what led you to founding the company? Well, I had um, I had just left a company that I had founded, uh, which was a product that was um, the precursor to Zoom. It was a company called Fuse, and uh, I had sold my my stake to a group of investors, and I was and I sat on boards, and I had met Jen Young, my partner, uh, at a board meeting in Vancouver, British Columbia, and Jen had moved to Vancouver from New York. She had this big career as a as a, a marketing executive at J. Walter Thompson and Ogilvy. She'd lived around the world. Um, you know, living kind of one of those, what you would call like a fancy life, you know, London, Sydney, Manhattan. And interestingly though, Jen grew up, uh, in Canada, she grew up camping. So she's, a, she, at the end of the day, she's, you know, she's that girl you see running around in a campsite with her overalls and her hiking boots. And that's, that's really kind of her DNA. So as we started, we were meeting at this board meeting and I told her, I said, um, she was, she had been hired as a consultant for this company and I was on their board raising money for them. And I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start another company and I'm going to do something in the outdoors. Yeah, I, I can't live another day under a fluorescent lamp and sit in a conference room. And she had the exact same desire. So we started getting together at night and having dinners and talking about what the company would be. And we thought we'd just be business partners and we ended up dating. Then we ended up, Jen had the brilliant idea of, she said, if we're going to do this, we came up with the concept of RVs. Like, why isn't there a marketplace for RVs? Makes no sense. There's a marketplace for everything else. And um, we didn't understand why. We, we, we found out why. There is there is a real salient reason why there'd never been a marketplace, which I'll share with you. Um, but Jen said, to really understand this, let's go live it. Let's live in an RV. So we really understand the problems that people face and, and the opportunities. So we sold everything we owned. Jen Literally, I go to her house and she's she's got her dishes and her silverware and her pots and pans and furniture and her clothing out on her driveway in her front lawn. And she sold everything she owned, plus her home. So she got down to two duffel bags of clothing. That was all she had. And then I did. she helped me do the same thing with, with my stuff. 
So we, um, by the way, it's a whole different subject uh, over maybe another interview about what life is like when you completely dematerialize and declutter your life. We, uh, so we've, we eliminated all physical possessions in our lives. Um, what we had left, we put in a 10 by 10 storage locker. You know, it was basically like family photo albums and mementos, things like that. We bought an Airstream and a GMC Denali truck, and we uh, we hit the road and we traveled. Uh, I say we crisscrossed America uh, seven days a week for almost eight months. And we lived, we never once stayed in a hotel. We never once stayed in an Airbnb. Every single day was that Airstream. And we traveled all over the country in the back roads of America too, you know, places people have never even heard of. I mean, you probably have Jason because you're, you're, you're traveling as well. But um, I went back to, you know, we inter- we, Jen and I interviewed 1,200 people, face-to-face interviews. We'd walk into people's RVs or at campsites or into picnic tables and we would record the interviews, we'd video them, or we'd just take notes. And we learned that there was this deep desire for uh, an on-demand marketplace for, for RVs and camper vans, much like you know Airbnb or um, HomeAway or VRBO. But there's an insurance problem. And the insurance problem is a real difficult one to solve because you can't solve it in one jurisdiction. Like you can't just solve it in California because the RV is going to travel from California to you know Miami or from Wyoming to you know, Austin. So you have to solve it in all these different states and you have to do it all at the same time. And the problem is each state has a state legislature. The state legislature says, these are our roads. These are consumers on our roads. They must all be protected. And insurance laws have unique stipulations, regulatory um, uh, structure around what can be insured on those roads and what cannot. So certain things cannot be insured to travel across U.S. uh, interstates, such as dune buggy, Jet ski, snowmobile, dirt bike, ATV, and RV, because they're all classified as recreational. And so there's a clause in everyone's insurance policy. We call it the thou shalt not rent clause. It's called commercial exclusion. So that's what we did. We traveled around for seven and a half months. We learned the problems. We we saw the millennial movement. They were doing, there was a lot of this activity already on Craigslist. It was mostly young people everywhere we went. And I came back. And I told investors in Silicon Valley that I, you know, I spent most of my career. And I said, guys, I've uncovered a multi-billion dollar industry hidden before our very eyes. And they all laughed at me. They told me it was the dumbest idea they ever heard. And one, um, I got thrown out of 32 conference rooms from investors that literally asked me to get up and leave and close my laptop. And one investor went so far as I had, I had some slides, a little slide deck. And by the time I got to slide number three, he said, close your laptop. I need my hour back. And he looks at me and he goes, Jeff, there will be nothing but crickets chirping on your website. This is a horrible idea. There'll be nothing but crickets. <laughs> so Jen, Jen, was, uh, Jen said, my gosh, these guys are hostile. I go, well, you know, they don't, they don't see it. We saw it because we lived it. And it's hard to translate that, you know, to people that don't go live the, they don't go live the experience. Once you live it, you see it. So you get the company up and running and you now you've got to convince people uh, you, you know, you've got people that want to rent RVs, yeah. but you've got to convince people to rent their RVs out. Mm-hmm. How, how did you begin to tackle that issue? Um, we thought that would be very hard um, because there's, there's enormous demand for renting an RV. I mean, there's like 82 million Germans and the, the fantasy vacation for a German is to rent. They call them, they don't call them RVs, by the way, in Europe, they call them a uh, caravan or a camper van. But a German's fantasy vacation is to come to the United States and spend their three-week summer vacation in the U.S. in a camper van. They, they're they not interested in marbled, lobbied hotels. 
like the Fairmont and the Ritz, which um, interestingly as well, millennials have lost interest in these kind of mass market cities and mass market hotels that are built yeah. completely around tourist attractions. So um, the getting people to list, we thought at first, we thought, well, people aren't going to want to list these things because it's their baby. And we learned, so we put some social media ads out and people started listing. Our first listers were actually Navajo Indians. Um, I had, I had really, you know, as you're traveling around the country, we did all these interviews. I, I met a man in a coffee shop uh, just outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I found out he was a Navajo Indian chief. And I'm talking with him about America and cultural issues in America and so on. But I, and I was explaining to him what we were trying to build. And he said, a lot of the Navajo have um, camper vans and trailers, travel trailers were very popular with them. And he said, I'm sure they would love the economic opportunity because there's not a lot of economic opportunity for not, you know, Nav on Navajo nation, but there are people going to travel there and see like, what's it called? Me medicine hat or Mexican hat and places like that. <clears throat> so some of our first listers were Navajo were from the Navajo nation. And we were on, featured on a TV show in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and they talked about it. And then word started to spread in social media. And people started saying, hey, I made $25,000 with this trailer that just normally sits in my driveway or in my backyard. And then others would list. And then they would start messaging on social media, hey, I made $100,000 in a summer. And now this year, we have uh, we have a 28-year-old lady, uh, young lady in Sherman Oaks, California, that made $2.3 million on our platform. We have a guy in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He and his wife have made over $4 million. We have a couple, uh, Todd and Kim, in El Cajon, California, made $2.7 million. We have a single mom in Oregon, Oregon that made $2.3 million. Our biggest one, though, is we have a – you'll see some of these ads coming out from us. But we have a guy in Atlanta, Georgia. He's 34 years old. He made $8.2 million on Outdoorsy. Wow. Now, when he's renting our those big Prevo coaches, yeah. and those tend to get rented by celebrities who will pay – significant amounts of money but we have people making you know um, we have a young lady in atlanta georgia lost her job over covid she was scared to death couldn't make her rent she had one camper van she has i think 12 now she made five hundred thousand dollars this last year on outdoorsy and we have the really cool one is there's a company in boise idaho called wonderlust and wonderlust is run by these three young ladies three three i mean like 25 year old they've got four locations boise spokane sun valley and salt lake and they made two and a half million dollars on our platform. And they're they're really driving this kind of this big van life movement kind of a look and feel. And if you go to Outdoorsy's Instagram, you will see what's happening. So there's this social network that turned on on Outdoorsy. Because as you know, millennials and Gen Z are social network savvy and oriented around social networks, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, so on. And they've created that on Outdoorsy. And so now the community is driving the thing. Um, we're, we're actually sometimes finding ourselves trying to keep up with this, uh, this audience of users. And that's what happened. Listers said, learned, wow, I can make a lot of money. In fact, many of them make more money than they did in their prior uh, careers. We have a guy in uh, Newport Beach. He rents out those real old vintage Volkswagens. It's called Surfari. His name is Bill. Bill tried to retire and he got bored and he likes to work on these things and fix them up. And Bill's killing it. And he's making more money than he ever made in his, in his real professional career. And, uh, and he's having the time of his life. You know, obviously, unfortunately, there are people that are uh, suffering for work right now, and they may yeah. already own an RV and are concerned with how to make those payments on it. This could be a great way for somebody to actually make the payments and maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Well, there's an oil field worker I was meeting with in uh, Durango, Colorado, a couple of weeks ago. I 
we, we went to a brew pub. I like to stay close to the customers, really close to them. Like we're, you know, go to lunch with them, spend time with them, get to know their families. I know some, I know the names of their children of some of these listers on our site. Um, but this guy's an oil field worker. It's a great guy. He and his wife, his name's Kevin, his wife's name's Jackie. And they just started their little business on their, uh, they have a little house, you know, house on some land in Durango. And he's going to double his business this, this year. And he will be in a position where he'll do better economically than in the, uh, the oil field uh, gig. And we have another guy in Colorado Springs who just got out of the Army, 11-year veteran of the Army, really good with complex systems and machinery and so on. And his whole staff are all ex-military. They're all, all veterans. And um, I have a bit of a soft spot in my heart for people that have served and not just in armed services, but uh, police and firefighters as well, which we have a lot of those types on the platform. And it's just, it's phenomenal to watch what they're, I mean, some of these people are making more money than brain surgeons. And it's really cool to watch. And they're, and they're having fun. And they're, they're really essentially translating, when they turn over the keys to a renter, they're handing over an adventure to somebody. And the renters go on these adventures that they'd never been able to have before. Because, you know, there's, there, we, we take people where hotels can't. There's no Hilton or Hyatt or Marriott in Yellowstone. There's no Airbnb in Grand Canyon National Park. So you need to bring your hotel with you. And it's given people a whole new way of, traveling yet with the comforts of warm you know hot water and a toilet and comfortable sleeping arrangements but but most importantly the mobility the mobility of their uh their environment so you and jen went back out on the road uh for a couple months right to uh sort of feel out what the environment is, is like out there what are some of the things that you gleaned from that trip we uh yeah we we hit the road we thought well we're locked down and um in covid so rather than just work from our home office why don't we get in a in a camper van and hit the road again so we we uh we got in a winnebago revel we traveled through the west primarily the western u.s we're like um, new mexico colorado montana wyoming have a lot of time in montana um utah arizona southern california you know the parks were and the campsites were packed because everyone's trying to flee the lockdown. But um, we learned that there is a new movement afoot. Now we're all, we all learned how to use Zoom. So we're learning how to use products like this, which also means we learn how to become effective at work without commuting to an office building. So this thing has set in that while we're working from home or working from StreamYard or Zoom, we're also getting more time with our families. We found that families started to reconnect. They started playing board games again. They started playing Frisbee in the backyard. Families started to, the connective tissue of the family started to strengthen in this in this time. And, um, and families are now traveling and doing road trips together because we're really the only, only way that you can have an all-inclusive vacation where you take the kids and the pets. You can take your dogs and so on with you. And so families have reconnected with this concept of, it's, you know, it's a kind of throwback to when we were kids and the way that our parents and grandparents traveled. And it's really caught on. Steve Jobs um, uh, is famous for saying, once the consumer knows they can have more, they'll never settle for less. You know, the whole idea is that you can put 5,000 songs in your back pocket on an iPod. And that was part of one of his mantras was once the consumer knows they can have more, they never go back to settle for less. So we're seeing this this new thing happening where people feel they can work from anywhere, they can work from the road, they can travel. There's a there is a there's a thing about when you're out in nature, you don't talk about politics. People don't seem to be red or blue. They just seem to be Americans again, or sometimes, you know, Canadians or New Zealanders, Australians. Sure. <clears throat> there seems to be a peacefulness and a harmony about people 
when you're out camping that, of course, then we see on the news what's happening in these cities. Uh, it just makes people want to engage in the outdoors even more. So I think we're seeing a, we're seeing a trend that has really captured the, the human psyche. And maybe there's a road to wellness here. There's some potential health benefits of um, being out on the road and being out in nature again. So do you think you think that trend will continue to apply to your business that that this is not something that is going to have some massive relapse when COVID is completely over and people go back to hotels and airplanes? Yeah, Yeah, they call it the, the revenge spending or the retrenchment. I get this question all the time by investors, but I explain it this way. I said, so outdoorsy was growing very fast. Uh, now, at first, first couple of years, it was really difficult to get this platform to get going. You have to get a flywheel to go. And it took about two and a half years to even get a flywheel to start moving. But um, but when a community starts driving a marketplace, same with Uber or Lyft or Airbnb, that they drive the flywheel. So we prime it, they drive it. But what happens is the way one of the one of the things that's been successful for the company are the big RV booking events are things like uh, Coachella, Riot Fest, Bonnaroo, Sasquatch, and the music festivals. That's 32 million people that do those every year. Um, Formula One and NASCAR, that's 70 million people. Uh, Burning Man, which is very popular uh, once a year at the Labor Day weekend up in Black Rock City, Nevada. Uh, Major League Baseball spring training, NFL tailgating, NCAA football tailgating, um, all that disappeared. And that was the stuff that grew our business for the first five years. All those things I listed um, grew our business and overnight they disappeared. Nobody did it. And that's why we thought, where are people going to go? What are they going to do? There is no Coachella. There is no NASCAR. And yet we experienced this 4,600% growth. Now there's an awareness that we think has kind of snapped in. We just snapped in probably three to five years of awareness on this, on this form of travel. We think that our growth could potentially accelerate from where it has already been because those things will become, you know, they're not going away. They just had to temporarily shut down, but they're coming back and people are going to want to do that. So it seems like a lot of, uh, a lot of renters are, are flying to destinations. And instead of going to a hotel, they're renting an RV in that area instead of renting like in their hometown and traveling across the country. Is that fair? Yeah. The, um, the, the, the thing that we misunderstood when we started this business is we thought that RVs were these things that you would take cross country. And, and uh, some of that does happen, but the average RV rental won't travel beyond 150 miles from the key exchange. It's usually local stuff. Like say, for example, if I wanted to go see the Florida Keys, I'm probably not going to drive from here where I am to Florida. I don't have time. I, you know, I have to work. So I'd probably fly to Miami. I'd rent from one of the outdoorsy pros. We have the, these uh, people on our platform called pros and we have peer to peer individuals, but I'd rent from somebody on outdoorsy. When I get to Miami, sometimes they'll pick you up at the airport. Or I'll just take a, a car to their, a, a taxi to their operation. And what's interesting about that is they're usually the most knowledgeable local hosts. So then when you rent from somebody there, they'll tell you where to go in the Florida Keys, which campsite to stop at. They'll say, Oh, make sure you go to this beachfront because you can stay there the whole time. And a lot, a lot of people don't know about it and ask for Tom. Tom will tell you which campsite to go to. It's my favorite one. I send all my customers there and you'll have the time of your life. And so what that's what's happening is because of that physical interaction between our renters and our owners, um, you get a lot of local guide advice. And think about that conversely with Airbnb, HomeAway, and VRBO. A lot of the interaction is, is um, 
hermetically sealed. It's you don't often if you're, I'm renting on one of those sites, I don't often meet the owner of the property. There is a strange dynamic that's always existed between owners and renters is that landlord um, occupant thing. Right. It's still it, it's still an interesting dynamic, and it's one of tension. And so a lot of times renters, when they rent a property, a home on a on a site, they don't want to meet the owner, and they they want they don't want the owner hovering around and being around them. But on outdoorsy. It's just the opposite. The owners and the renters, we have people dating. We have people getting married. We've seen lots of marriage proposals because there's this physical interaction. And the owner knows the renter is ultimately leaving to disappear. So there's you eliminate that tension right away because the renter is going to go on their trip. And so there's this there's this excitement about meeting one another. We have, a, as, as you know, because our platform skews young, um, a lot of our users on the platform have asked us to build a dating site on Outdoorsy. They're like the van life. The van life young people that want to that are meeting each other and they yeah. start dating and building friendships. It's just a, it's a social network that we had not designed. It just kind of designed itself. So if somebody wants to step their toes into renting their RV out, uh, people are their their RVs are very personal to them. They're yeah. some of them aren't built that well, and people have lots of concerns about how that uh, that renter is going to take care of it and all that sort of stuff what what are some of the uh what are some of the things that uh, somebody that's going to list on your site uh need to know about about how that whole process works well you go to outdoorsy.com and there will be a button on the site that says list your rv you click on that button and we'll take you through some simple steps it's free to list we never charge anyone for listing um you list your RV, you'll get a phone call from one of our listing coaches. And the listing coach will start to help you with things like, you know, your photographs, how to take good photos, uh, the pricing you should set, the things that renters will ask for and want, like, you know, good lit, fresh linens, maybe a barbecue grill. Um, you can add on all kinds of things uh, on your RV listing. You can add like paddle boards, canoes, kayaks, mountain bikes, barbecue equipment, kitchen kit. Um, some people like to list their telescopes. Tell us, uh, start gazing is very popular for renters. So they go to places like Arches or Zion, and they actually want to look at the stars. And you're looking for, you know, comets and meteors and so on. Um, you can, I mean, we have people that'll put concert tickets and they'll package those. Like we had this lady that put these Rolling Stones. There's this event in Coachella in Indio in the desert after Coachella um, with the Rolling Stones played with Bob Dylan. And so she packaged her RVs. She had several that went out there. All of them had uh, Stones tickets in the RV. And so you could add that what's becoming popular now is renters will ask for food to be installed or put in the fridge, maybe their favorite wine. And the owners will go out and procure those things and just stock the RV for the, for the renter. Cause once the renter lands, they last thing you want to do is have to stop in a grocery store and do their shopping experience. So super easy list your RV, go to outdoorsy.com, click on list your RV, uh, go through this. There's a few steps, relatively easy. Um, super easy. I mean, Fisher price, simple. And then you'll get a phone call from one of our listing coaches and then we'll coach you and start showing you how to build your business. And then maybe you could get your business up to $8.2 million like our uh, one of our super pros in Atlanta did um, this last year. I, I just can't even wrap my head around that. We're, I know, we're, it's crazy. We're looking, at, uh, we're looking at upgrading our our rig this year. And I, I don't know, maybe we don't trade the other, maybe we don't trade the old one in and, and start. Running. Yeah. 
You know, then another thing you can do when you list your RV, a lot of times you might be hesitant with, uh, gee, I don't know if I really want to do this. And there's the key exchange and I have to message with renters. Well, then we'll put your RV into, if you want, we'll give it to one of the pros. We have a lot, we have 11,000 pros on the platform. This is all they do. And they like to take consignment units and we can connect you with the pro in your area. We, we just, we put out a blast on the platform and say, hey, Jason's got this vehicle. Who would like to bring it into their fleet? And there might be somebody who says, hey, I've got bookings for something just like that for the whole summer. I'd love to get that. And then they split the revenue with you. Wow. In most cases, not, you know, it's always determined by your relationship with them and the contract, but that's usually the, we have people that do that just by RVs to just put them in the hands of pros and they never have to deal with them. And what, what happens if there is an issue, if something is broken by the person that rented the RV? Um, everything is insured by Outdoorsy. Outdoorsy insures the renter, Outdoorsy insures the owner and the lister. And sometimes the owner and lister are different people. So let's say you consigned your vehicle to a pro. We cover your vehicle for all physical damage um, and as well a million dollars for any liability claim. We cover up to a million dollars. And liability would be, let's say I rent your camper van and I'm at a park, I'm at a gas station and I back it into somebody's Honda Civic and I dent their fender. That person in the Honda Civic that owns that car, that's that person's going to file a third-party liability claim. We cover that as well. So anything that the operator does, as long as they're not impaired with alcohol or they're not speeding or doing dangerous things, we cover up to a million dollars in liability and we cover property damage. Uh, on we can get property damage up to five hundred thousand dollars, and that's where the big expensive coaches. But um, typically, the damage that'll be done, we call them nuisance claims. It's a scratch or a dent or a tail lens. Sometimes the awning might get hit on a tree, but we take care of it. We have a, we own an insurance company called Romley Insurance Group. We own our own insurance company. We own an insurance claims company called Romley Insurance Group Claims Administration. We have 15 claims administrators in the company that all come from like State Farm, Progressive, uh, Cal Insurance, and, and uh, I don't know all the other ones, but they're very, very skilled. Uh, the guy that runs the group, he ran RV insurance claims for Progressive for, for a long time. He's got a great team. And we so we take care of people very quickly. You don't get caught up in all this. He said, she said, we try to get the claim paid as fast as we can so that you're comfortable as a lister and so that you're also you know, ready to get your, your vehicle back out to the next rental. I imagine that the whole... The whole marketplace is is built on trust, and if people don't trust that they can list uh, or yeah. trust that they can rent, that they're that it wouldn't be successful. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's just so true. They're all built on trust mechanisms. Well, Jeff, uh, thank you so much. This is this eye opener yeah. because I, I'm literally thinking about: <laughs> Do I not sell my RV right now? Uh, yeah. If somebody wants to list their RV or rent their RV, obviously you can go over to outdoorsy.com and we'll put uh, links in the, the video description and in the show notes on the podcast version as well. Jeff, thanks so much for uh, coming on. Yeah, thank you, Jason. It's great to be with you. When it comes to RV travel, weather safety is a top priority, which is why the Highway Weather app provides weather forecasts for road trips along every point of your route, adjusted to your time of travel. You can compare forecasts, get recommendations for the best time to head out, get severe weather alerts, add rest stops to long trips, and more. Did I mention all of that is included free in the app? For subscribers, there's a hands-free background feature to automatically alert you to upcoming bad weather. To download the app, visit highwayweather.io today 
or look for it in your iOS or Android app store. It's time to check the level of our tanks. Abby, what is in your black tank? So my black tank this week goes to spinners with a Z. (laughs) Laundromat here in the Canyon Lake area. I just get very, very frustrated with laundromats that I feel might have kind of ripped me off a little bit. I did a lot of laundry thanks to all the sand from the beach camping the weekend before, and I did not overload. So, you know, let me preface these things. I did not overload my washers because I knew I had a lot of sand and I had cleaned all the sand out, but I wanted to make sure everything got clean. I did not use not enough detergent. I used exactly as it was instructed for however many loads I was doing. My clothes were dirty when I got them out. There was still like a deodorant streak, like on Jason's shirt. There was still what was clearly like just a tiny piece of, you know, just ground mud on the kids clothes like nothing smelled good I was so frustrated because it was two dollars and fifty cents a load and I had even paid more to have the heavier soiled cycle and to pay for warm water and to make sure that I was doing everything correctly so spinners with a z I'm so frustrated with you right now because I feel like everything I washed just got washed and like dirty water like I've I was so excited to come home that night and put fresh sheets on my bed and like take a shower and get into a, you know be a clean person in a clean bed and I just got in bed that night and I felt skeevy I, I just felt skeevy I think the lesson here is we don't trust businesses that turn <laughs> S's into Z's or C's into it's K's I was about to say well I can't go to classy cuts no anymore. classy cuts with the K's no, and the Z on the end <laughs> no so it is a it you know it's not a life ending situation but when you spend $20 at a laundromat and 4 hours of your time you just kind of hope you get to come out with some clean clothes cuz we're in a period of travel where we don't have uh, we're not staying at campgrounds where there's laundry on site. So we're going off site to do it. And it's stressful. It's stressful to do things like that right now because of, of the pandemic, because of the world that we live in. These are usually small environments. So you want to get in, you want to get out. You're masked up the whole time. You hope everybody else in there is doing the same, doing their part. But it's stressful. And so spinners with a Z, ugh, the end. What's in your fresh tank? My fresh tank this week goes to this moonshine that Jason that we're enjoying right now <laughs> that Jason is holding up if you're watching the YouTube version of this that Jason brought home the other night from a local liquor store here. This is it, it's actually not local to here though. No, the moonshine's not, but it was from a local It's Old Smoky Tennessee Moonshine and this is the butter pecan flavor and man is oh, this Oh my goodness. Good. So this is 35 proof. So you need to be very very, very, very careful with this. We take yeah, little. It, it tastes like candy. It's, it does. It's so good. Actually, what it really reminds me of is Bailey's. The first thing I did after I took that first sip was I looked at you and I said, oh, this is going in my coffee. It's like Bailey's with four or five times the alcohol <laughs> yeah. content, like, really. Whereas Bailey's is like, oh, I'm just drinking cream. Right. This is like, oh, I'm drinking alcohol and I'm afraid because it is so good. So if you have not had a chance to try, they have all kinds of versions. We put a TikTok out just like about this. It was a nine second TikTok. I think it's got like 50,000 views at this (laughs) point. Nine seconds. 
But what I'm why I'm bringing it up is because so many people were recommending different flavors from this company. So clearly, this is nothing new. We're not the first ones to this party. We're never the first ones to a party. We're <laughs> always the last ones to show up. So if you are interested in trying some Tennessee moonshine, find a thing of Old Smoky. Start with this butter pecan. But then they've got just like a whole array. Like we're in trouble. We're just in trouble. Just so you know, right. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> All right, Jay, what is in your black tank this week? Uh, my black tank is uh, some a problem at Ford Motor Company. They're significantly cutting back production of the F one fifty, which is the huh? number one selling vehicle in the world. It, it, there's a, a semiconductor chip problem. It's plaguing the global automotive industry, and they've said that the Dearborn truck plant in Michigan will drop to one shift from their normal three shift, while truck production at Kansas City will drop down to two shifts from three. Mm. So, uh, I yeah. know a lot of people that work at that Kansas City plant too. If you're uh, if you're looking to get an F one fifty soon, there might be some issues with availability and probably some raising prices. Yikes. <clears throat> Hopefully it doesn't move over into the super duty category because I Uh-oh. think that might be Shh. where we're heading. No, let's not talk about think that. I think that might be where we're heading. <laughs> I, let's not talk about that right now. I think we might be <laughs> heading that way. I know we're heading that way. All right. We're heading that way. <laughs> <laughs> you could, I feel like sometimes at night you probably whisper that in my ear while I'm sleeping. Ford. <laughs> Heavy duty. Get the Tremor Edition. Tremor. <laughs> so comfortable. I'm pretty sure because I I feel like I wake up and I I just feel like oh a Ford. I would love to see a Ford out in the pulling our trailer right now. So I know what you're doing. I see you over there. What is your fresh tank? <laughs> All right, uh, my fresh tank is from Ford's competitor, General Motors, has advanced its plans now and seeks to become carbon neutral by 2040, which is five years faster than they planned on before. By 2035, they're going to end all production of gas and diesel-powered cars, except for the heavy-duty stuff. So I dig that. But all of their consumer-level stuff is going to be electric. By 2035, folks, that is 14 years from now. Oh, stop. Oh, my goodness. That's not that far away. Jack will be 27. He'll be like in prime car buying age. And they plan to use 100% renewable energy to power their U.S. facilities by 2030 and global facilities by 2035. What a world our boys are going to go into as adults. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. All right, we're going to have some more of this moonshine, but let's wrap this episode up with a brain teaser. That stopped us right in (laughs) our tracks. (laughs) Three five-letter words, anagrams of each other. One is a cloth. The second is a spot. The third is at home with the father. I got nothing for you right now. What are the three words? (laughs) They're all anagrams of each other, so they all share the same letters. One is a cloth. The second is a spot, and the third is at home with the father. Okay. 
cannot wait to find out next week the answer. I will say the Father. It, it, it does mean God when they're saying that. Okay, thank you this for the clarification. makes it a little bit easier. Thank you for the clarification, <laughs> Mr. Epperson. <laughs> All right, we'll have the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, we will. And just a very friendly reminder that if you are enjoying RV Miles, would you please do us a favor? Head over to Apple Podcast and give us a five-star review. We are so close to cracking 700 reviews over there on RV Miles, making us one of the top RV-focused podcasts out there. So thank you so much to everyone who has already gone over there and done that for us. We would also like to remind you that RV Miles is not the only podcast we do every week. We have two others, the America's National Parks podcast and the Sea America podcast. We hope that you will go over and subscribe to those as well. RV Miles, of course, is all across social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And, of course, Jason and I are at editor at rvmiles.com. Or the very best way to get us is in the RV Miles Facebook group. Until next week, we hope that you stay well. Please continue to wear your mask and keep logging those RV Miles. Bye, everybody. <laughs>